Welcome to How to Trade It, The Road to Trading Mastery. Join Casey Stubbs, a seasoned trader, as he guides you to become a profitable trader. Find actionable insights, real-life stories, and strategies to boost your trading skills. Don't miss the journey to trading victory. Start listening now. Connect with us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Trading profits are just an episode away. Hello, this is Casey Stubbs with a new episode of the How to Trade It podcast. And today I'm very excited to introduce my guest, Casey Ingram, a personal finance enthusiast. Casey posts a lot of educational things on LinkedIn about personal finance and how to grow your finances and create side revenue. Uh, hey, Casey, thanks for being on the show today. Hey, Casey. Glad to join another Casey with a C instead of a K. Normally, that's how people think my name's spelled. Uh, well, I usually um, think that that's the girl spelling is with the K, but you know what? I Obviously, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're wrong, but I, I get it all the time. Yeah, and this is totally off topic, but you know, the name Casey means brave warrior. And so I always feel like, uh, that is a male name and that it just became, uh, female recently. Initially, it was definitely a male dominated name, which that happens with a lot of names over time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, so anyways, um, thanks for being on the show. Tell me a little bit about your experience, um, in learning to be responsible for your personal finances and how you've gone through that journey. Yeah. So for me, it started at a very young age, essentially just being interested in personal finance in, in stocks in general and kind of having that come from a family that was very impoverished. And so I just realized, you know what, I don't want to be in those same tough situations so uh, you realized that you didn't want to live that type of lifestyle where you were maybe relying on the government, relying on other people, not having the things that you needed in your life. And so uh, if you didn't want to do that, um, how did you feel like there would be a way for you to get out of that? Yeah, so for me, it was all about researching, you know, what did the rich do? And uh, my dad actually really helped fuel that flame, and it started off with the Rich Dad Poor Dad from Robert Kiyosaki and the board games. And from there, I just got this vision of how to see opportunities all around and see that you can find money just about anywhere if you know where to look for it. I have read Rich Dad Poor Dad several times. I absolutely love that book. Um, great book. Mm -hmm. Uh, what was your favorite part or what really impacted you the most when you read it? Yeah, I think so. I think I even preferred the cash flow quadrant, which I just recently read. That's kind of a continuation, but I think it's really key about the different mindsets of being an employee versus owning a job versus owning a system versus investing and being on that right hand side of being a big time business owner and investing rather than an employee and owning a, a small time, you know, job essentially. Okay. I 
like this where this is going and I honestly haven't read the cash flow quadrant. I think I understand the I think I've seen like the square or whatever it's a square mm-hmm. with four corners. So I believe yeah. that I understand what it says, but I'm actually not totally sure. So I want you to help me really grasp what that quadrant's all about. Yeah, sure. So in the quadrant in on the left-hand side it has the top left, which is like employees. So those are, you know, normal nine to five workers. You work for someone else's business. And then below that is an S for like small business owner. So you have a small business and you are attached to that business. So if you leave, you know, you stop making money. And so that's why he says, you know, you essentially own a job. Uh, Whereas in the top right is a B for large business. And so with that, you own more of a system and a process that can be repeated over and over. You know, you can step away from it and it can continue to work on its own. And that is more of the goal than the small business. And then finally on the bottom right is I for investor, which is doing things such as investing in real estate, stocks, you name it. Casey, I think that it's really cool that you have that understanding even before you um, made a lot of steps in your process because, you know, you're a pretty young guy. You're just starting out Um, Mm -hmm. because a lot of people like myself, uh, we get all excited. We don't have that deep understanding of the four quadrants. And we get all excited about launching our own business and we think that we're doing something amazing, which, you know, hats off to myself and to all the other entrepreneurs. I love entrepreneurial spirit. I love them. They're great people. But really, we're just slaves to our job unless we can break into the other sides of the quadrant. And a lot of people don't realize that they get caught up, they get excited, and then they, they're like, oh, man, I'm working 10 times more now than I did when I had a job. And this is, this stinks, man. I got all this responsibility and you know, it, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And that's the thing is like, it really just depends on, you know, what are your end goals? If your end goals are to be quote unquote financially free and be able to have, you know, recurring revenue coming passively or at least semi-passively, if you are, the main person who makes those things happen, it's it's never going to happen. Yeah. And so uh, we could talk about this. You know, this show is about trading the financial markets, the stock market, cryptocurrency, all the different futures, whatever, trading, trading, trading. Everyone that listens knows. But mm-hmm. here's the key to this. And if thinking of trading in the big picture, there's a lot of traders that they do really well, but trading in itself is just a job to them. Because they still have to show up every day and they have to trade in the markets every day. And it's really a job. I guess you would say it's it's a business. But they don't have a system that can operate without them being in the business. So even if you're listening and you're a trader, think about how you can get outside of doing the trades every day yourself to making mm-hmm. it become an investment or a business so that you can work or that you can benefit and make money without 
uh, doing the daily work. And so with that being said, Casey, what are some things that you're doing? You, it seems like you have a great goal of getting over to the other side where you're going to be an investor. What are some things you're doing right now to help you accomplish that long-term goal? Yeah, so I initially started off in the stock market and had some really good, you know, things from that. And I took that, put it into more of the real estate market because it was also something that I understood more and felt like I could have more of an impact on versus stock market. I just didn't know as much about. And so I went the rental property route and I continued to do that. I invested in stocks and then used that for other areas. And so then that essentially started a small business of property management. But then I transitioned that into being fully managed by a different property management company so that I can be, you know, removed from that. And the hope is to eventually continue that process to a point where there's systems and processes that can be sold, not just, you know, another investment. So with your using property management rather than doing the work yourself, doesn't that cut your profit out? And is it going to take you longer to hit the cash flow quadrant status because you're not making as much profit on the front end? Yeah, it's a great question. I honestly was able to negotiate for a pretty fair percentage of only 8% per month. And so to me, that 8% is worth my time to then be able to build other businesses or other investments that can continue that process. Uh, so Casey, what are some other revenues that you're looking at right now to build, uh, to build out? Uh, I'm going to make this a two-part question. Um, so hopefully you can remember too. Uh, <laughs> um, the quadrant, the cash flow quadrant, does it assume that you have multiple streams of income? And if that answer is yes, what other streams are you working on? Yeah. So all the research I've done is most high wealth individuals and most individuals who are quote unquote financially free, they have more passive income than they do expenses, have on average around seven different streams of revenue coming in. And so to answer that, yes, it would, if you're trying to stay on the right hand side of that, you would have multiple different avenues coming in. And that's a way of diversifying rather than just spreading out different, you know, investments in one particular area, having the diversification of, okay, if this revenue stream is going down a little bit because, you know, the real estate market is getting hit, I have this one over here. And so for me personally, one of the things that I'm trying to build out will be, a uh, first a newsletter, but then eventually a course on tips and tricks of implementing these basic financial principles that, you know, help separate people who are wanting to be financially free from those who are living paycheck to paycheck. So, uh, so, so another type of revenue stream would be using um, an education platform to, to educate others while you're going on the journey, you're taking people along there with you, uh, which I think mm -hmm. is fantastic because uh, why go alone when you can take other people with you? Plus, it's an, it earns another revenue stream. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I've seen throughout my entire career, that's one of my founding principles of like, it never is a bad idea to try and help others. It always ends up paying off in some way, whether it be just the internal feelings that you get from it or who knows who they know who actually is interested in the same thing, you name it. Yeah, collaboration is a big part of uh, growing financially as well. Uh, just, you know, helping other people and getting connections in business. The longer you do it, the the more people you know and the, the better uh, opportunities come your way. It just is a matter of being consistent. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, and personally... Sorry, I was going to say, personally, one of the things that I think is so weird about this sector, whether it be investing in stocks or investing in anything, is it's oftentimes a, like a hush topic. It's like, oh, don't really talk about what you've done. But then that hurts everyone around because they're not able to learn from your mistakes, because I'm sure there's plenty of mistakes that you've made that I can learn from and vice versa. Hello, this is Casey, and I wanted to take a minute to tell you about my new book that just came out. It's called Complete Trading System. This is my 25 years of trading experience sharing everything that I have learned in how to make a profit from the markets. You're going to learn about how to find the right instruments to trade, how to find a trend, how to get started as beginners. You're going to learn about how to get the right mindset and you're going to be able to put it all together to create a trading system of your own that will work for you. I highly recommend that you try it out. Just click the link right now. It's called Complete Trading System. It's available on Amazon. Thank you. Go ahead and check it out. I think you're going to love it. That's very true. And I think one of the reasons why people don't want to talk about it is a fear. Um, you know, trying to, you know, maybe a scarcity mindset, like, okay, if I tell the world my secret sauce to my trading strategy, everyone is going to do it. And then all of a sudden it stops working. You know, in, in markets, they say that it's a zero sum game. So if in order for me to make money in the market, someone else has to lose money. And so that causes like, okay, I have these black box trading systems and I'm not going to share them. Uh, and mm -hmm. so that is definitely a real thing, but, uh, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I'd rather, uh, be open and honest. And, uh, there's a guy named Richard Dennis and he, he's an old trader that was very successful. And he had this group of traders called the turtle traders and he trained them and they ended up making millions of dollars. But he was famous for saying that, I can print the rules of this strategy in the uh, in the newspaper and still people won't follow him because it takes work and discipline to implement and nobody wants to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you see it time and time again of people giving out free information. That's That's primarily the stage I'm at is like giving it out and there's very few people who see it that actually respond of, yes, I've actually implemented this and yes, this is what's you know, the positive effects of, and it's worth getting at least those few, but it's astounding, like the ratio of 
views to actually implementation. Yeah, it's it's strange thing that we could talk about forever that I don't quite understand, but I know that I started this uh, business in 2008 and I read a website, it was a web page and it was called How to Make a Thousand Dollars a Month Online. That was the title of the web article and it was on a website called Associate Programs and I read the article and I followed the instructions and I started making money online and uh, it was kind of really was kind of easy and I I had some great favor and fortune along the way but it really didn't take me long to start making a thousand dollars a month online I just mm -hmm. read the instructions and followed it which is what you're doing with the cash flow quadrant nice little tongue mm -hmm. twister but I have had people ask me hey what do you do what did you do to make it I need some training I need some tips and so you know what I do I just send them right to that article Said here's and this article is like 50 years old now. I said, here's this article I read, and uh, I haven't had a single person come back and actually do it. That that's too bad, but that's perfect example. Yeah, I uh, some of my mentors have said, and Warren Buffett is another guy that said this, but my mentors have also said it. They say one of the best investments you can make is when you self invest, and that's why selling a course really adds a lot of value to the person because they're like, oh, mm -hmm. and there still doesn't guarantee that someone's going to follow through. But, hey, I just spent money on this. I better uh, make sure that it's not wasted. Right. Absolutely. And I totally agree because investing in yourself is one of the few things that transfers to all different aspects of your life. Right. And the learning these things, what I really like about some of the stuff that we're doing um, is when you learn them and you apply them and you get really good at one thing, like let's say you become really good at investing, you know, it's going to take a lot of discipline and follow through and focus and learning the, the disciplines and the focus and the follow through and the consistency that's going to carry over into every other area of your life. Right. Absolutely. And that's one of the things like, one of the very first things that I, I teach when it comes to financial principles is essentially those overarching pr principles of consistency and discipline. Because if you don't have those, then it's not going to matter how much you make if you can't be disciplined with your investing or disciplined with your budget, then you can make a million dollars and spend it over that. Very true. Very true, which uh, ties back to our government discussion we had before the, the call. You know, uh, mm -hmm. irresponsible spending carries over in a lot of ways, and it's not, it's not, you got to be responsible with your finances. So, what would you tell, uh, what do you, or what would you, and what have you been telling like young people or people that just started following you online? What do you tell them on how they get started and, you know, some key principles that they can use to really help them get their personal finances in order and start growing their wealth. Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the key things is just knowing your budget, knowing what's going in, what's what's coming in, what's going out. A lot of people I've talked to, like even my barber the other day, he was like, man, I just don't know where all my money goes. And it's like, there's app for that. Like <laughs> there's plenty of apps that, are really helpful. My personal favorite is the Mint app. Uh, it tracks literally everything from like you can connect your credit cards, your bank accounts, you can connect any other sort of like 
uh, Roth IRA, all of those accounts and get a good picture of where you stand. And then that way you can build from there what your milestones will be because who's who's to say, you know, how would you even build a certain milestone and say, I want to get to this point if you don't even know where you're starting from? Yeah, Casey, that's a great point. And I want to apply this to traders too, because I get a lot of traders that want to sign up and get some education from me. And then they'll come to me and say, well, I don't have enough money to pay for the course, or I don't have enough money for this. And my first response is, well, if you can't solve your own personal financial problem, you're not ready for trading because that's what mm -hmm. trading is. It's solving a financial problem. So what are some key tips, like you said, is being aware, but what are some other things that they can do to really help them get out? Like your barber, what, you know, he's got an app, but what else can he do to, to help him get out from under his financial difficulties? Yeah, I would say really educate him, themselves. A lot of people want to invest in certain things that they just don't really know anything about, especially with crypto. Like crypto can be a really powerful tool, but a lot of people are investing in Bitcoin and have not a clue what it even is about. So I would say really understanding what you're going to invest in and having something that you have more of an interest in because that will drive you to actually want to invest in that. And then just starting small. A lot of people think that, you know, you need 10 grand to get started with a lot of the newer um, apps and the newer abilities to have essentially zero trading fees. It opens up that possibility of literally like acorns where you can start with like cents. So there's really no excuse to get started. Yeah, there's no excuse. And if you want to have success, uh, then you need to get started. You need to do this. This cash flow quadrant is a proven strategy and it's not going to happen on accident. Uh, the lottery is not going to help you if you win the lottery. I mean, actually, please don't do that. <laughs> it's no. a waste of money. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's not going to help you because most of the people that uh, win end up worse off. Um, but I love your point on, on education. Uh, I, Recently had um, Natalie Brunel on my podcast and interviewed her, and she's a Bitcoin expert. And her podcast called mm -hmm. Coin Stories is all about Bitcoin. And so that's a great resource if you're listening, you're interested in crypto. Listen to that episode mm -hmm. that I had with Natalie or go get on her podcast and listen. And, you know, that's one thing I've done. I started listening to that podcast. And podcast is another great one, right? Education. Do you mm -hmm. listen to any podcasts, any podcasts that you listen to or uh, influencers or educators that you would recommend? Yeah. So I, I personally do watch a lot of YouTube. Um, so like Graham, Stefan, Andre Zeek, those guys, they are really well known in, in the financial education space. Um, so those are the main people that I listen to. They've, they've gone through it and they have built like financial independence in very different ways. And so that's one thing that interests me is seeing that there's so many different ways. And that's the thing I think a lot of people also misunderstand. They think, oh, you know, I just am not good at that particular thing, so I can't be wealthy, or I don't quite understand this, so I, I can't be wealthy. But there are so many different avenues to get to the same, uh, you know, same end result. Right. And it it's a lot of it is founded in that same principle that you learned 
a long time ago with the cash flow quadrant is getting getting that putting your money to work for you rather than mm -hmm. um just buying stuff right exactly because that's the thing is a lot more of the mindset is like shifted to delayed gratification whereas so often we're thinking only about what do I want today? What's going to, you know, feel nice or what, what would I like to eat today? But what's that going to cost you later? And I personally am kind of like in the middle when it comes to this, because I don't think you should just like eat canned corn for the rest of your life until you're, you know, financially free. But I do think that our society as a whole has gone more towards pleasure versus delayed gratification. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, because here's the thing. You're working towards a future reward, right? Mm -hmm. You, if you have money now, I mean, it's the whole farming principle. You have money now. And so that money is your seed. Okay. What are you going to do with it? Mm -hmm. Are you going to plant it in the ground and have a harvest? Or are you going to eat your harvest so that you have nothing, right? And so um, a great principle, and I'm sure you're all over that as well, is to take some money and and pay yourself um, out of all of your earnings and then reinvest that uh, so that you can use your money to reap a greater harvest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think also just aligning expectations like with reality, like oftentimes people, especially in trading, expect like their very first trade or like the first day or two or first week or so to be like instant millionaires. And it's like, that's not realistic. <laughs> well, that's why everyone bought GameStop. <laughs> I don't even want to get started with GameStop. That, I was like, uh, that is not my biggest fan. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that's really what it is, right? Everybody, you know, GameStop went up to like $400 and they wanted to, you know, the, the social media, you're into social media, you're a young person. Mm -hmm. It's going to who knows what, 10,000, a million, whatever they were saying. And everybody jumped on board and they all got crushed. And um, it was interesting. Um, I had a, a guest on recently. Um, Zoe Berry, who's the founder of a brokerage called Zingaroo, and she is doing a social media type brokerage where other people can see uh, see other people's trading portfolios. And so what she okay. was noticing was that the people that were doing poorly were the ones that were investing in the meme stocks like GameStop and AMC and all of those ones that they were saying were going to explode. And there's a good deal of people in those. Um, so mm -hmm. it's you know, you, you got to be, like you said, realistic expectations. Yeah. Well, and I think it's good to have that sort of transparency as well, because I think that goes along with another principle of be careful of who you listen to. Like, I, I don't personally take advice from people who aren't in positions that I want to be in, in regards to their life. And so if you have certain people who are saying, oh, go after this stock, go after this stock, but they're not even in it themselves, that should be a red flag. Right. And, uh, or maybe they are in it, but they're really struggling and they're trying to get other people <laughs> to join their misery. Um, That's a whole other story. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's that's a great principle too. Is uh, you know, learning from people that uh, have done it and have been successful, and uh, knowing who to listen to and who to position yourself with. Uh, th- that's a really good one. Um, and you sounds like you're doing that well with you know learning from great examples in media and authors, mm-hmm. which is very good. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious. You said you know your mentors have helped you along the way. How has that process been like? Because that's obviously another really huge key, and that's something I'm personally looking for uh, in different aspects. Well, that is such a good question, Casey. And uh, for me, it's I would say that for me, that's one of my key. That's one of my keys, right? That's like a key, a really big one. Is I've had a ton of mentors. Um, and, uh, I take those relationships very seriously. So here's the first thing about a mentoring relationship is that you need the mentor, right? The person that has all this wisdom and knowledge. And then the mentor also needs you because they have a great desire to pass down their hard earned lessons, right? Cause the, the, the value that a mentor has that information, that wisdom, that knowledge that didn't come without a great cost. Right. They had to sacrifice time. They had to sacrifice money. They had to sacrifice maybe even relationships. There was a great cost for them to acquire that. Right. And so for them to share that, that's kind of a big deal because if we, or if a mentor shares that with you, uh, they don't definitely don't want the mentee to take that lightly because there's a great cost associated with it. So I'm just curious, was it like people who were already a part of your life or how did you seek that out? Well, that's another great question. So I've had several across the board and, uh, you know, one of my my very first mentors were people that I was connected with. I would say I was in the military, had some great mentors Mm -hmm. there and I sought after them. So good mentoring secret is to pursue, right? Pursue your mentor, find people and then build relationships with them. Uh, and so then another great mentor I've had was my pastor for my church. Uh, just mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, and I made myself very available to serve. And so, okay, like, look, this is, you have a vision. I want to help you. I want to serve you. What can I do? And so through serving, uh, I've been able to, you, you get a lot more. You receive a lot more, I think, when you serve, right? You get mm-hmm. like, there's just a transference that happens in, you know, you're just trying to be a blessing to others. So serving your mentor is a really big one. Uh, and then another one is in business world, I've, there's been like authors and people that sell courses. I will buy the course uh, and then, you know, I will read their book and then I will reach out to them and I'll be like their star student and I will build a relationship. And what ends up happening is you end up becoming friends with your mentors and then that becomes a really valuable relationship. Uh, mm. as time goes on. Thank you for sharing that. I, I definitely relate to the serving aspect of like, it's, it really shows you more of a value of your time when you're able to give it up and understand that, Hey, it's, it's not all about you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's very true. And, uh, I appreciate the question. That was a great question. So, uh, what are some, maybe some parting tips that you could give some people uh, to get 
things together financially and to get ready for uh, having a really responsible financial future that they can use then to help other people. Yeah, I think a lot of it just comes down to seeing what your values are and listing out your goals, breaking those down to even smaller chunks that are more, you know, obtainable, and then finding out who has reached those like those specific goals and try to replicate how they've done it. That's really great. Now, Casey, also, how can people get in contact with you if they maybe have a question about some of your strategies, they want to find out about some of your stock strategies or some of your real estate or even your course strategies? How can they find you uh, online? Yeah, so main platform is through LinkedIn. I'm, I'm fairly active on there and I'm always open to like an individual conversation. If, you know, wanting to set up time, whether it be, uh, you know, just a quick chat like this or even in person if they're in, they're local. But I, I absolutely love talking about these sorts of things. And so if it can also benefit someone else while being able to talk about them, that that's great for me. All right. Well, we'll post your LinkedIn um, on in the description. What is it? It's just your first and last name, Casey Ingram. Yeah, it's Casey Ingram Inc. That's the actual link, but it's Casey Ingram is uh, my profile. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll post that in uh, the description. And you know, if you enjoyed the conversation, if you want to connect, go ahead and do that. Uh, connect with them on LinkedIn, and uh, I mean that's how we connected was that's how Casey mm-hmm. and I connected is because I commented on his uh, running post because he just posted his 5k time had nothing to do with business at all but uh mm-hmm. I was like oh we were talking about the 5k and the next thing you know I looked that you were into personal finance I was like oh this guy could be a guest on my podcast yeah yeah it's funny how that thing works and I, I was serious about that uh, that little challenge. I want to see who can get the faster five k. Well, you said twenty five minutes. That's that for man. I'm I probably have like twenty years on you <laughs> in age. So that's uh, yeah. you got a big advantage there. <laughs> we, we can give a little buffer. <laughs> uh, I you know what though that's good. Um, I am actually doing a. I'm signed up for a race in um, November. It's locally here called the Turkey Trot on Thanksgiving. And so I think I'm awesome. going to break my time record if my health can hold out and I don't get another injury. There you go. I I look forward to hearing about it and maybe even seeing a, a turkey costume. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for this episode. Uh, thank you for being on the show, Casey. Really appreciated it. My pleasure. And uh, for everyone that's listening, go check them out. Let's check, connect with Casey on LinkedIn and thank you. And that's this episode is a wrap on the How to Trade It podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another insightful episode of How to Trade It with Casey Stubbs. We hope you found today's discussion valuable and inspiring. Remember, the road to trading mastery is a continuous one, and your commitment to learning and growing as a trader is the key to your success. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please reach out to us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep trading your way to victory. Until next time.